podcast where you learn to love yourself enough to heal and heal yourself enough to thrive so that you can live a life that feels whole, complete, untriggered, and unaffected by the people, emotions, and situations that surround you. I'm your host, Erin Gray. I am a Reiki master hypnotherapist, certified Enneagram and meditation teacher. I'm a medium and simply someone who has experienced energy and seen energy patterns her whole entire life. And that's been hard. And I want to help you learn tools and techniques that turn your energy sensitivity into your superpower. Each week, I will offer you helpful tools and insights from my own journey. I will also bring in experienced amazing guests who will offer insight and guidance so that step-by-step you can begin to live a life that feels empowered and strong and that you are in control. Together, we're going to learn how to love ourselves enough to heal and heal ourselves enough to thrive. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. I am so glad you are joining me today. Thank you for being here. We are going to dive into a topic that is near and dear to my heart. And I can't wait to take you on this journey today and ultimately hear from you what you decide on this question. What is an energy screen and do you even need it? So I'm going to talk about both sides of this question or the answer to this question because I think it's not so cut and dry. And I want to, like always, expand your mind, expand your thinking, expand your impression of your conscious experience here on earth and your energetic experience. I want to empower you in your energy awareness and help you make the best and most powerful choices for yourself. So what is an energy screen? Some people call it an energy shield. Some people call it an auric egg. I'm trying to think of the other things that I've, I've heard it termed. It is an energetic barrier or, or simply a shift that we intend and set intention to create around our aura that allows us to exude a certain energy. It is a, a differing between the energetic state within your own energetic field and what is outside, if there is an outside, which we'll get to, because we're all connected, right? So anyway, I don't want to get ahead of myself. It is an energetic differing between your energetic field and what is around you. And we can set this energetic field with intention to do lots of different things. So we are going to break this all down and detail each aspect of this. And then at the end, I would love to hear in the comments down below what you decide. Do you even need this? And there may be moments in your life where you do need it. And I'd love to hear down below. Let me first share a story. It was probably 10 years ago. I have been energy aware my whole entire life, but I have a lot more tools now than I even did 10 years ago, albeit 10 years ago, I still had a lot of tools, but I have even more now. But it was kind of a, an original early version of energy shielding and 
truly at that point in time, I would say it was an energy shield, not an energy screen, which is what I prefer to teach it as now. But I was at a affair and I was surrounded by chaotic, noisy, screaming people. And I was standing in line trying to procure food and sustenance for my family who was off on rides or something. And so I was, I had volunteered to get in line and get food for everyone. And there was drunk people around me. There were people fighting around me. There was all of this lower vibe action going on around me. And so I created an energy shield around me, which we're going to talk about how to do later on in the episode. And all of a sudden, within a second, it's like I was in my own little energetic oasis. And it was like I could hear the people but they didn't affect me anymore. It was like the the Peanuts teacher from the cartoon, The Peanuts, where she starts talking and all he hears is wah, 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 wah. That was about my experience. I, I didn't hear the people screaming anymore. I wasn't affected by the intoxicated people. I wasn't hearing the children screaming. I was ever so happily and content here within my energetic globe that I had created around myself. And it allowed me to get through my waiting period, which was so long, and allowed me to not take on any of that low vibe energy. And so for me in that moment, that was a powerful moment for me to use this tool. And that is what I want for you at the end of this episode. I want you to feel empowered and knowledgeable in how to set this up, should you need to set this up, but to also be able to discern whether or not you even need this tool and technique in your life. We're going to dive in deep and wide and have a great time. So I'm so happy you're here. First, we begin with recognizing our own energetic frequency. As we've talked about in the past, David Hawkins' emotional scale, I'll include the link down below, but I did a whole episode on the emotional scale and that grief was one of the lowest emotional frequencies where love and gratitude and enlightenment were some of the highest. So love itself resonates at a frequency of 528 hertz. Grief is one of our lowest frequencies that is slow and low and and you can feel that. First, assessing where you are. My bet is you are somewhere between those two frequencies and you can know this by knowing the emotions that you are experiencing by referencing the chart down below, or you can muscle test. You can write numbers on a piece of paper and hold them up to your solar plexus right below your rib cage. And if you sway forward, it's a yes. If you sway backwards, it's a no. But you can always know based off of the emotions that you're experiencing and the people around you, you will know if you're in a lower state of grief or a higher state of love often <laughs> detailed by the number of birds that are singing around you. <laughs> it really is that rainbows and butterflies and birds when we are in this high vibrational flow state, we really do attract so much beauty into our life. So first, assess where you are emotionally and energetically on your state. Establish your energetic state. And recognizing that sometimes people and places can be a struggle. And let's first talk about people. 
Why do people trigger us? We have three different reasons why this can happen. One, they could just be resonating at a lower vibe and are trying to grasp at your higher frequency, clinging onto your elevated self, trying to gather some of that energy for themselves. Because you can imagine this like slipping down the mountain. They're trying to grasp and cling. And this is often when an energetic connection, a toxic energetic connection can be created. Some teachers call it courting in. I like to reference it as toxic connection because I come from a teaching place that we are all connected. Even the people that have upset us and hurt us, we're still connected, but those are toxic connections. So it is our responsibility to clear and cleanse that energy so that we are unaffected by that. First, they can trigger us because they are trying to cling on to us. They are trying to grasp our energy and we can feel it. You will actually find yourself taking a step back away from these people because you can feel this forward energy that is clingy and heavy and sticky. Now that I have said this to you, <laughs> you are gonna start to pay attention to this and notice sticky energy all around you. When you do, you are also going to have tools because of this podcast. So number two, people can trigger us because they can be a reflection of something we want. And maybe we're having a moment of unconsciousness and then feel jealous about it. But if you remember from our Create the Life You Want podcast, which I'll include a link down below, if something is showing up, that only means that the energy of that thing is gathering closer to you. So rather than feeling jealous, we can celebrate their win knowing our win is coming too, but it can be triggering. <laughs> and, and don't judge yourself if you have that knee-jerk reaction that you are initially jealous or triggered. That's okay. Then take a deep breath and say, aha, but this only means that it's coming closer to me. So just because you may have the knee jerk of jealousy, that's okay. Just take a deep breath and remind yourself it is evidence that it's coming closer to you. And third, the third reason people can trigger us, they might be resonating at a lower vibe, but instead of trying to cling to you and improve their situation, remember slipping up the mountaintop, Instead, they're just at the base of the mountain and just want to dump on you. It is the avalanche of rocks that they are dumping on you. And to be honest, that is what it feels like. It feels that heavy. It feels that tiring. And you can know this is happening when you walk away from a conversation and you feel like you've had a mountain full of rocks dumped on you. Because energetically and emotionally, you have. They don't know what to do with it. And that's okay. That's where they are. No judgment on that. That doesn't make us in a better place because we, we know what's happening. We send them compassion. We send them love. And we can know, wow, that, that's actually a really hard place to be. That doesn't mean I have to fix it. I can recognize your hard space. And I can also not take on your energy, which we will talk about. So is your touring person trying to climb up your mountain? Are they on top of the mountain already, and we might be jealous of that? Or are they dumping their rocks? You decide. The people in your life that are triggering you, 
is it one of these three things? And begin to just send them love and know they're having a tough place. And you are also going to learn how to not allow them to trigger you. Places. So we have people that bother us and we have places that can bother us. So when you don't like a situation, our first step is to remember like attracts like. And I know that's hard sometimes. I don't like to admit sometimes when I've attracted some things in my life, when I have to get really quiet and honest with myself and say, oh, right, I did do that. Ouch. (laughs) So I feel you and I want you to feel for yourself and it's okay that like attracts like. But so is it A, is it the same part of you that attracted this situation where you can look inward and know you too? are struggling with that same scenario. And here it can not just be a person, it can be a situation. So this can be true in the people category too, but this is more about situations and places. So people and places. B, has part of you healed? Has part of you moved beyond this, elevated your energy higher and above and out of this situation? And your soul is testing you. Did it show up again to test you? And when we don't respond, when we don't get triggered and it just rolls right off of us, then we can know that we have elevated out of that and it stops showing up. Our soul wants to test us. It wants to test and make sure that we have learned the lesson because we are here to learn so many lessons that we signed up for long before we ever got here. So I encourage you when a situation begins to show up again and again and again, and it will, if it hasn't already, it will do the work. See within you why this is triggering, what part of you is triggered. And when we can nourish and love up on that part, when that person shows up again or that situation presents itself again, we can know we've elevated out of that state. And this may help you as well. Number two, I know this this lesson and mind expansion theory here has certainly helped me through many, many things. Remember, this is only one round of a great soul experience. Your soul, your collective soul is so much greater than this version of you. This is only one round. So... It might not be, and it is most likely not, your first round here on earth. In Dolores Cannon's book, Between Death and Life, she will talk about that there's so many more souls than bodies. So when we come and embody here on earth, we have a list of lessons and things we need to accomplish for ourselves and with people. We have stuff we need to clear up with other people. We come with a whole list of things we need to get done while we are here. And B, we need to remember in that space, we are here to balance our collective soul, our greater soul, our bigger soul, not just round one, but round one through a hundred and one or a thousand and one or a million and one or infinite and one. So if someone is really bothering you, we can first ask our question, did I do them dirty? in a past life? Maybe you did them dirty in a past life and now they are paying you back for your past transgressions. 
I was like phrasing it that way because it just makes me laugh. Anyway, doing them dirty. And it's so true. When someone upsets me, I initially think, "Hmm, maybe I did something bad to them in a past life. And we might not always remember. I spent many years at the Zen Center. And one of the amazing things that I did during my time there was in this beautiful multi-week long Zen repentance ritual. And so in the Buddhist tradition, like many religions, repentance is very important and clearing the wrongs. However, in this particular repentance ritual, we prostrated and bowed and asked for repentance for all the things that we might have done throughout all of our past lives. And we named all the hundreds of things that we could have done without knowing that we don't have memory about it, but just to clear the record, just to clear the slate, just to make sure it's like repentance insurance (laughs) that we prostrate and repent for anything and everything that could have happened so that our past slate is clean. As we move forward, we can draw in the most positive, blessed life possible. You recite this ritual (laughs) and repent for anything you might have done just to cover your bases, just to cover your bases. So part of my experience there, I mean, it was so great. So my, it made my soul sing to be there in this space at the Zen Center. But it's such a funny story that I want to tell you because I went at the urging of a friend of mine who's, we didn't even think about it, literally didn't even think about it, but her her native language was Chinese. And, and we, between the two of us, we didn't even think about it. She's like, no, come, come, come. And, and so I went and I show up and only to find out that the whole ceremony is going to all be in Chinese. And so they were so surprised to see me and so welcoming, so beautiful, so welcoming. It was amazing. And so then, you know, not making any presumptions, which was awesome. They asked if I spoke Chinese and I said, no, I did not. And they said, that's okay. No problem. Go in. And they found me the most special sacred book It was not translated once, not translated twice, but translated three different times for me. So it had the original text there in Chinese. And then below it, it had it written out phonetically in English so that I could actually chant along with everybody properly. And then the third line was the description of what I was actually saying. So not only could I chant it properly, phonetically properly. I also knew what I was chanting. It was so blessed. It was so amazing. And by the way, all the while bowing and prostrating and reciting and repenting. (laughs) It was the complete soul workout, truly. But I loved it. I absolutely loved it. My soul just beamed being in there. It was multi-week. And so of course I went back (laughs) the second week and I, I walked up to the desk so the ladies at the front desk just smiled so big and were so surprised to see me. And they said, we're so surprised you came back. <laughs> so I, of course, said, of course I did. I loved it so much. And they were just beaming and they were so happy. I was beaming. 
they were beaming. Everyone was beaming and it's just beautiful. And, and I, I love that idea of one, we don't know necessarily what we might have done in the past. And sometimes people look familiar to us. Sometimes we get very passionate. In fact, I do past life regressions and past life readings, and it is the people in our lives that we have the most intense response to are often the people that either we did them dirty in the past life or they did us dirty in the past life. And we have this entanglement here that we are here to work through in this life. And so if someone is bothering you, begin to think about that. Think about, and if you are having an extreme response to them, extreme emotional response to them. So either big love, big hate, big frustration, big anger, there is undoubtedly past life entanglement that needs to be remedied. And maybe you know what it is, maybe you don't, but maybe you can reflect on it and repent on it and clear it without the attachment of knowing what it actually might be. Just on the fact that there is this intense response, you can likely know that there is a past life trigger there. And we'll probably do an episode on that at some point, but that is a great beginning for you in your past life repentance. The flip side to that is maybe you did them dirty in past life. And so you feel that there is this owing to them in this life. And there's a lot of charts. I have a lot of great, if you're interested in this at all, I do great destiny chart readings that help you understand this about it. These charts predate the tarot cards. But if there are people in your life that you can't seem to give ahead of their giving because they owe you, or maybe you feel like you owe them, the people that I know that I owe in this lifetime, I cannot give them enough and I will give them jewelry and flowers and nothing ever seems enough. I don't know what I might have done in a past life to them, but I know that in this lifetime, I have this indebted feeling that I want to give and give and give to them. And in that same way, I feel like it's helping to balance my greater karmic soul experience. And, you know, maybe you can use this as if you are having to volunteer or you feel like you're in a situation where you're not appreciated or no one says thank you. Could it be that this is karmic balancing that you are offering? Maybe you know what you did to them. Maybe you don't. But where can you karmically balance? But we pre-plan how we are interacting with people in this lifetime before we ever get here. We work out and devise a plan on the lessons that we have to learn and we orchestrate the right people and places and events in our lives in order for our greater soul to learn the lesson that it needs to learn during this round here on earth. My last reasoning for, or at least one of many, but that I'm going to talk about today for experiencing places that we don't like. Often we are being strengthened or prepared for something that is coming your way so that you can handle that situation like a boss, untriggered, unfazed, just power. And that ultimately it was that next event that you really needed to be prepared for. So rather than 
wallowing in the frustration or upsetness of what is happening right now, look to that as your boss preparation time. (laughs) It is your time that you're being prepared and strengthened so that you can manage what comes next in an even more empowered, stronger, more powerful way. So I want you to approach the idea of even the need of an energy screen to first begin to look at the perspective that you have about what is going on in your life. We're about to dive into the energy screen and how this works, but like all things, I want you to know all of it. (laughs) But first, how is it that these people in places are triggering you? And can you look at those triggers differently and to not have just your knee-jerk reaction be, oh, I need an energy screen to protect me. No, when our soul and our inner workings are so empowered and so strong and so powerful and untriggered and unfazed, we may find that we even have less of a need for even leaning on an energetic screen because so few things trigger us. That is my hope for you. But sometimes we do feel like we need energy screens, even now, even with all the tools and techniques that I use on the daily. I still carry trauma. I still am working through things. And there are people that bring out that trauma more than others. And when I'm around them, I absolutely use these techniques. So when we are creating an energetic screen, we are creating this intention of energetic protection around our aura. So our aura is made up of seven layers, one layer from each energy center, from each one of our chakras. So our root chakra is offers the theme of safety, security, inclusion, and greed, and it resides nearest our physical body. It is the one closest to us. Our sacral chakra is our about connection, desire, creativity, and blame. Our solar plexus, when it's balanced, as we have talked about in the last few weeks, when it is balanced, it is about our divine identity and courage. Otherwise, when it is imbalanced, it is about our personal identity, our ego and fear and control. Our heart chakra is about abundant self-love, gratitude, but when imbalanced, it can lean and tend toward codependency, attachment to outcome and the way things are supposed to be instead of just basking in gratitude for how things are. Our throat chakra is about speaking our truth, listening to oneself, remember moving from frustration to eagerness. When imbalanced, it can be over-talking, over-reasoning, ignorance, and frustration. Our third eye is the combination of all those five energy centers to create a sixth sense. And when imbalanced, it can be a lack of intuition, leading to even more frustration. And finally, we have the crown chakra on the outside, the farthest, the seventh layer, which is our collective consciousness. We are all in this together. And when it's imbalanced, it is hallucination. But we can look at that auric field around us that as we have the crown chakra here on the farthest part, it is about the collective consciousness. It is about the parts that connect with every single person. So Doesn't that make sense? 
that that would be on the very outside of where we are and and we work in from crown to root from the farthest exterior energy layer inward we can look at the senses there and how that organically as someone gets closer and closer and closer to us how it moves through these layers and these themes and these experiences and when they do it is often when we've let them get to that final layer that we say oh no i need energy protection because you've gotten too close but when we can recognize this early on we can begin to find this triggering early on you can set intention with an energy screen and never allow your energy field to be compromised. If there's someone with a lower frequency that you don't want them within your auric field, you can set this early on and feel less intruded on. Literally, that is how it feels, is less intruded on. And I now, as soon as somebody starts to dump on me, I the moment that happens, if I'm not expecting it, and someone's in a bad place, like I, I still want to be there for that friend or that person. But I place my energy screen and do all the techniques I will teach you in just a few minutes. And my auric layers are not infiltrated. They are not lowered. And I walk away without their rocks. I'm not holding on to their mountain rocks. I'm walking away whole and complete and allow them to remain in their own mountain. So these senses that are connected to each one of our chakras, our root is the closest, again, is the layer closest to us. That is our sense of smell. The root chakra is smell, sacral is taste, solar plexus is sight, heart is touch, throat is hearing, and the, the third eye is the culmination of all of those senses, creating our sixth sense. And within the crown chakra, this is beyond sense. This is the collective consciousness is where we are all connected, which is why I challenge you to discern today when and where and how or if you even need an energy screen. We're learning all about it and what it is, but I want you to also discern and decide for yourself, do you even need the energy screen? So we can use our senses here we begin with our third eye and that sixth sense. We have an intuitive sense if someone may be at a lower frequency to us and if they're going to start dumping. And honestly, that is when I place my energy screen. If I feel the need to place an energy screen, the moment I receive an intuitive nudge that I might need to put this type of protection up, I do it then before it affects any one of my other senses. Because then what happens next? We get, maybe someone's approaching us. Let's see what this looks like in real life. Someone might be approaching us and we get an intuitive hit that they might be in a bad mood. I would recommend if you want to put an energy screen and you get that intuitive hit, do it now. Don't wait to see what's going to happen. Do it in this moment. However, let's talk through if we didn't listen to that intuitive hit <laughs> and that person approaches us and they start talking. So then it approaches the next layer, our sense of hearing, 
It is within the throat. We are listening to their story. It's getting tiring. Then it moves to touch. Perhaps they touch your arm or rub your back, something that then crosses over that heart chakra layer. Then we reaches the solar plexus. Perhaps at this moment, they're wanting to look into your eyes and trying to have eye contact. It gets even more intimate. Notice every layer to this experience is getting more and more and more intimate and closer to your soul center. Then we have the taste and I don't really expect that you are tasting them except that I would say in this moment when you notice your subtle energies within your body, you will notice there is a foul taste in your mouth. Maybe at this point you put a piece of gum in your mouth or you take a drink of water or your mouth becomes dry. You aren't necessarily tasting them so much so as the taste within your mouth is changing. And when you begin to pay attention to this, and I will include a link down below to a short video that I did on choosing which flavor to use as your intuitive guidance. You can choose two flavors, one that you love and one that you don't love. And when you taste the ones that you don't love in your mouth, you can know that's your intuitive guidance telling you to abort mission, whatever it is that you are doing. Because at this point in time, they're one layer away from the depths of you. And then you reach the sense of smell here within the root chakra. Who can you smell? You can only smell people often, often. I know that there's always skin can be the outlier to this theory, but more often than not, the pheromones that you smell, the scent that you smell on someone, you can only smell when they're close to you. However, even back in caveman days, our sense of smell and our root chakra was so strong because this is all we had to go on. You can smell fear. You can smell from far away. So when we are able to smell and incorporate, and again, looking back to how our third eye incorporates every single one of these It is our sixth sense for a reason because it incorporates our smell, our taste, our sight, our touch, our hearing to incorporate into the sixth sense because it is when we have that final root chakra auric layer infiltration is often when then people decide I need to put my energy shield up. I've been dumped on. I have been compromised. However, If you are around someone toxic or low frequency for the people or the places or the situations that we've discussed already, place that energetic screen up. The moment you receive that intuitive hit to do that, and you are going to find that you're able to be there for those people without taking on their energy. We can smell from far away and know not to get near someone. I have one more thought on the root chakra and the sense of smell and the auric layer. Again, remember this auric layer is nearest to your body. Have you noticed in the moments when someone crosses a line or begins to dump on you or gets too close to you or you feel upset about it? Did you have a cold or were they wearing an intoxicating scent? Was your smell altered? 
Or were they wearing such an intoxicating scent that your sense of smell was shifted? Just begin to reflect on that and notice. And if you then subsequently allowed them too close to you, you can begin to look at that as you have allowed them to make their way through your energy layers, affecting you here within this space. So in looking at energy screens and learning about energy screens and if we even need them in our life, I like to look at one, do we need an energy protection at all? After all, we are all connected. Are we simply just screening from an aspect of ourselves? Is it a part of us that's getting triggered? Back to what I talked about first within this episode. Are we just being triggered? And do we want to screen them because it's really a part of ourselves that we're frustrated with or trying to work through? Or are they really that toxic? And it's okay if the answer is that they're that toxic. But again, this is a a bit of a mind bend episode. I want you to think, open up, think deeper and wider and expand your thinking on this beyond what might be an energetic band-aid. We might need it. And there's times where we need band-aids. There are times in our lives where we need bandage. However, when what is underneath is healed and strong and powerful, we don't need the band-aid anymore. Again, I use energy screens from time to time, not even as much as I used to. I used to use them all the time. I find now I need them less and less and less. And that's what I want for you too. It is a first step on your energetic awareness journey. An important step. Band-aids are super important. And I want you to get to a powerful place where you can rip the band-aid off and not even worry. So looking at if you need the energy protection at all. And then two, sometimes there is a struggle with the people and places. Just as we discussed earlier, it happens. But when that happens, we can grace. Grace is a verb, not just as a noun, actually as an acronym. So this is actually the inspiration to this episode came from an episode in the first season that I talked about grace at the very end of an episode, but I've been talking to a friend and she actually uses grace as a verb and she'll be telling me a story about something about being in an environment that was toxic or upsetting. And she's like, yeah, And then I graced myself (laughs) and it is what I'm about to teach you. And so she uses this acronym as a verb and it's an acronym filled with verbs. So it just embodies the one idea, but she has just really helped me come to understand how powerful this is as a verb and how we want to use this so that we aren't bothered anymore. And it is not a coincidence that I created this acronym to spell out the word grace. When we set this energetic state in place, we are showing grace to ourselves and to the other person. And I can't wait to break this down for you. We're going to break down grace in just a moment right after this break. I'll see you in a minute. My book, Establishing Equilibrium, is finally available on Audible, and I could not be more proud and I could use your help. You see, tomorrow, Tuesday, March 5th, is the official launch day for this Audible book. And we are going to spend 
that 24 hours trying to get as many people as possible to buy that book so that it can reach number one and become an Amazon bestseller. When this happens, the fancy Amazon computers recommend my book to readers all on its own and more books are sold, which lets me record more podcasts and spreads more love and healing. So if you've wanted to purchase the Audible, please download your copy on Tuesday, March 5th. And I would be so grateful if you helped spread the word and get your loved ones to purchase it on that day too. We are all about that 24-hour period from Tuesday, March 5th at 9 a.m. to Wednesday, March 6th at 9 a.m. Post it on your social media and tag me so I can give you a shout out on my account and be so grateful to you. I am so excited about this. I would love to connect with you. I would love for you to have my Audible And most importantly, I would love to keep meeting up with each of you each week on my podcast. Thank you so much for your support. I'm so excited for you to establish your own equilibrium and to enjoy it both with your ears and your eyes. Back to our show. So we are going to break down grace. But first, let me tell you how I got here in the first place. 10 years ago, I published my first book. It was a children's book called Angel Birthdays that repositions the day we lose a loved one as an angel birthday. I'll I'll include a link down below. It is this beautiful heart book that allows and gives people an opportunity to celebrate their loved one's life. And I wrote it out of my own need. My mom had passed away. I had little children and I couldn't find a book that I needed that was right them that helped celebrate my mom and offered a structure for how to host an angel birthday party. And so it was a passion project that continues to bless lives. And I'm so, so grateful. However, how this ties back to energy shielding and energy screening is that when that book came out, I started hosting a ton of grief talks and grief events, and people would feel so moved by my story that they would then come up to the table to get their book signed and then dump their rocks on me. (laughs) At first, I was so touched and so honored that they would share their story. And I want to continue and I wanted to continue to hear their stories. But after my very first event, I was literally in bed for two full days, not because I was sick, not because I was tired. I was energetically exhausted because I was holding all of their rocks. Think about that. If you go to an event and everyone's dumping all their stuff on you, how heavy is that if you're holding everyone's rocks? That's really heavy. So I knew if I was going to continue on with this work, I needed a better system. I knew I needed a better system. So I then went and met with and interviewed every single spiritual mentor and teacher I had at the time. And I then put together grace. That's how grace came about. Grace itself stands for ground, retract, attach, cover, and empty. So we begin with G, ground. Ground your energy into mama earth 90% of the way. I now teach in my earlier days, I just taught to impale poor mama earth by sending our roots all the way down. Now I'd like to be a little more or a lot more honoring to mama earth. So I invite you to grow your tree root 90% of the way and then invite mama earth to integrate with that root and draw it down the rest of the way. And to be honest, 
since I've started teaching this this way, I feel like my grounding practice has gotten even stronger by honoring her so much more. I know she appreciates us and loves us, but I it feels right in my heart to teach grounding this way now. So I invite you to enjoy the 90% ground and integrate and allow Mama Earth to draw that root the rest of the way into the center of the earth. R, retract your aura like an umbrella, above, below, front, back, left, and right. There are some teachers that teach all four directions, north, south, east, west, but drawing this aura in to your center line and then drawing that energy down the center line, down into the center of the earth and asking Mama Earth to attach that to the center of the earth. And then we envision an energy screen around your aura. And I like the screen more than a shield because again, we are connected to everyone. Is it just an aspect of you that you're trying to screen from? I personally like the visual of a screen because it flows back and forth. The energy flows back and forth and you're not cut off from anyone. But certainly if you feel that you need a shield, you play around with it. Experiment as always, experiment and decide what feels best for you. So we have this energy screen around us and then I place a bowl out in front of that screen to catch all the rocks. Catch everything in this big bowl that it has its place, that it is collecting all of that. And then E, empty the bowl into hot molten lava fire for regeneration and set the intention for it to be regenerated into the highest vibe possible. So you're not only not allowing this energy to spew onto you anymore, but you are collecting it and then regenerating it and rejuvenating it, transforming it into the highest energy possible. This grace technique has saved me daily, honestly. I, I mean, I used to use it a lot more than I do now, but the moments that I still decide that I need to use it is really when someone's having a really tough day and I'm not. <laughs> and I still want to be there for them, but I know as an empath, I may take on their energy if I don't have some sort of protection up. And so I will grace myself and and then be able to hold space for them. And I'm able to hold space in a bigger, deeper way because I don't have to worry that in an hour I'm going to be exhausted or in a bad mood because I've taken on their energy. So with this energy screen around us, we can set intention for it to do a number of different things. And this is just a few. There's tons out there, but I decided for today that I would just tell you a few. So white, platinum, and gold. Platinum is the highest frequency protection you can offer, as well as gold and white. All three are divine protection. So they're great for every circumstance, but especially if you're in crowds, or you're around people you may not necessarily know or don't want to be connected to, it's a great protection color to intend around you. And again, it's coming around your aura. So it's not just around your body, but it's around your aura. And in gracing, you have brought that aura tighter. Our aura can range from half an inch to our body out to, I believe there's been records of 65 feet. I personally have only seen probably 20 feet is the largest I've seen. In fact, I'll include a link down below. There's a cool visual from 
my establishing equilibrium book launch event where someone was on stage and you can see that our measuring her is really wide. It's pretty, pretty amazing. But when you grace, you draw that energy in and place this aura protection screen around you so that you don't take on the grumpy people around you. So by in doing this first, we draw our aura in and then set intention around you of general protection. Or you can set that intention to be pink love so that everyone around you feels love. And I suggest this a lot when people are grieving to place this pink energy around it because when we're grieving and we're in a tough place, we might not always be loving to someone because our hearts are so broken. But if we have this energy of pink love exuding off of us, then people are really nice to us back. <laughs> so it allows this reciprocal experience of people being really kind and loving to us, even when we might not feel kind and loving to ourselves. And finally, deep blue can make you a bit more invisible if you don't want to be seen or, or you just are in this quiet, reflective place. You can envision this. Again, there's tons of different colors. You can do your own research on color. In fact, I'll include a link down below for the meanings of colors that I talked about in the first season. We went through all the meanings of colors so you can apply this theory to those colors. Finally, there's been a lot of talk and there's a lot of things online that you will hear about if someone's really toxic that you should mirror ball them. That instead of envisioning a color around you, envision a mirror that's like a mirror ball that surrounds you. In every direction, energy is repelled and reflected back all the way around you. It's like this little disco ball right around you. So holding up a mirror that reflects back to them the very energy that they are giving to you. And yes, this does work, but it will tell you in making conscious choices so that we cannot create more negative karma in our life. If you are just simply holding up a mirror, one, you are not getting any energy for your own self. And if the person's super toxic, that might be appropriate for you. However, if you are sending back to them the very energy that they're giving and it's super toxic, then the karma that you are creating there in that space is that you are sending out that same karma. And I have a crazy story to tell you on that. <laughs> I was at a party once and someone was being so toxic at me and had me cornered. and. I had just learned this. This was, oh, I don't know, 15 years ago, maybe. I don't know. It was a long, it was a long time ago. I have since learned the error of my ways. <laughs> and it, it doesn't necessarily need to be an error. It's just be aware of what you're choosing when you choose to protect yourself this way. But I had just learned about the mirror ball. And this person was just spewing all their rocks on me. And I was like, oh, I should try that. In, this is in my head. I should try that mirror ball thing. I should, I should put that mirror up and see what happens. And I kid you not, I kid you not, I put it up and this person, she, her head like shook, like something just like hit her <laughs> and forgot what they were saying and was like, huh, wait, what was I saying? <laughs> like it totally, I could not believe it. I 
I would not have believed it if you told me, but I am telling you, it fully worked. And I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe that actually worked. Like the energy literally repelled right back at this person and I couldn't believe it. And then ultimately I didn't take on that energy, but I learned later on that ultimately I spewed back to that person what they were spewing at me. And is that the lesson I want to put out in the world? Is that the karma I want to send out? For me, the answer is no. So as tempting as that is, and there may be circumstances where you want to do that. So I give you permission or if you just want to experiment the one time like I did. But here are your alternatives to that. So you can still, if you are around a very toxic person, you can still mirror ball around you. But simply change the mirror to a pink mirror so it refracts away from you, but it can be sending back with love. So again, remember, pink is this energy of love. So it can transform their energy back to them with love. And love heals all. Love above everything. Love heals all. And if you don't want to do that, if you feel that you don't want to send them love back, that is fine. No judgment. You can then envision it to be an absorbable glass that allows that energy to just, as if there was rain on the window, that energy flowing down the window, down into the ground to be rejuvenated into the highest energy possible. So it still doesn't have to touch you. And you don't have to send it back in hate or love. (laughs) It could simply dissolve down into the earth for Mama Earth's rejuvenation. But you decide for you which layer of gracing is appropriate for you. Do you just want an energetic intention around your aura that is gold, pink, or blue? Do you feel that you need to upgrade that to a mirror ball? And if so, are you going to make it a certain color or are you going to allow that to just dissolve into the earth? All great choices. And now you are empowered to decide, one, if you even need the ball. Because remember, as we evolve our consciousness and as we become aware that we are all connected and like attracts like and we are creating the environment around us. As you shift what you create, there's going to be less and less situations where you are even going to need this. I'm telling you, I hardly use it anymore or even feel the need to use it anymore. But I do on occasion and it is now often simply just a pink bubble around me full of love, holding the bowl so they can dump their rocks and then I dump their rocks elsewhere, not on me. Because I love myself and I know I can recognize when my energetic frequency begins to get put upon. And we can walk around with the intention of the energy auric screen or the mirror ball. And we can also simply draw down so much golden light from our divine in through the crown of our head, filling up every single cell in our body and then flowing this golden light out each one of our seven chakras that then just allows us to become this walking high vibrating state of golden divine energy anywhere and everywhere that we go that 
we are cleansing and clearing. And when someone toxically connects to us, we draw that golden light down and flood every connection that is connected to us with this golden divine light, allowing what does not serve us or them to simply regenerate, dissipate, and be delivered to the divine so that you are walking around this beautiful golden light that is constantly clearing their connections and nothing triggers you or is attached to you. And this is what I want for you. I want you to know and recognize when your energetic frequencies are being put upon and choose the most empowered and conscious way to grace yourself. I am so excited to hear in the comments down below. What did you decide? Did you decide that you even need an energy screen or that you don't? Good luck this week. Let me know how this works. Thank you so much for commenting down below, giving me a rating down below. And of course, tomorrow, Tuesday, March 5th, buy your Audible of Establishing Equilibrium and post wherever you can share with your loved ones to help spread the word about Establishing Equilibrium so that we can all obtain the bestseller markings on Amazon so that Establishing Equilibrium can go on to help lots and lots of people. I'm so grateful. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. And I hope that you are walking away with tons of great energy screen information. Be sure to join my newsletter at Love, Heal, Thrive, and I will see you next week. Love yourself enough to heal, heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care. Thank you.